We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Week 9 is here on the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. we got a lot of teams on by this week, but we still have a really good DFS slate to talk about today. All coming up next. Happy Friday morning, everybody. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by No House Advantage. We are the Friday DFS version. I am Scott Jensen. Joined as always on Friday mornings by Ryan Balanji. If you guys could please rate and review the podcast, we do appreciate that. It goes a long way towards helping people find us. Hope, uh, hope if you have a, uh, had, had some good luck or uh, we gave you some good picks, uh, go ahead and give us, uh, leave us a lot of stars. That would be very, uh, very welcome. Uh, Ryan, we're in week nine, uh, you know, pretty much halfway point of the NFL season. Uh, I feel like uh, week eight was uh, one of those weird weeks when everybody that was popular did really well. There were some super crazy high scores last week. Yep. Um, the chalk smashed again. It's been like that yep. um, for a few weeks now, uh, especially last week, though. Yeah, Pollard, Kamara, all the running backs went off. Tyreek Hill went crazy. The Dolphins yeah. chalk all smashed. <clears throat> you know, for Cash, it was interesting. I mentioned that I was – going to play Ellinger and I was high on my chances because of Ellinger. Well, he scored eight and Tua scored 32 and my cash game lineups cashed uh, most yeah. of them w- without a problem. So I went, I went, I went, I went Ellinger too. And I might, my, my cash lineup would be easily my best lineup. It was uh, yeah, right. My, right. Uh, my, I hit a lot, right. I had some AJ Brown in there too, which is really good. My problem is uh, I ruined lineups with Derek Carr and Devontae Adams who were absolute, absolute zeros. And I, I say zeros as exaggeration, but not far off. Uh, Adams had one catch for the first time. They didn't have multiple catches in 2015. So uh, yeah, when, when everybody does really well, the scores are high and you hit a zero at quarterback and your expensive receiver, it's uh Tough to come back from that. So that was a, that was a big. I had some good teams, but that was a big mistake for me last week. Oh, looks like we lost Ryan for a second there. He will he will be back soon. So yeah, week eight was uh, week eight was an interesting one where everybody uh, everybody had Pollard, everybody had Kamara, uh, Kenneth Walker scored. Both Miami receivers did well. Um, so it was one of those weeks where uh, where everybody that's popular did well. Tua went off. So it was a. Uh, this is an injury slate this week in, in week nine, though. We've got uh, we've have a lot of uh, a lot of games that are not high, super high over unders, but uh, but decently high. We've got five games that are between forty seven and fifty, and then a, uh, a bunch of games that are low. But it, it, without one sticking out, you know, there's nothing that's like a 52, 50, uh, 53 kind of game. Uh, it's uh, it, it's interesting to uh, oh, 
Ryan is back there. Ryan, I was just uh, are you back now? Oh, he's still frozen. It looks like. Sorry about that. Sorry about the technical difficulties here, folks. But uh, anyway, so yeah, it's it's a week where there's a uh, there's a number of teams that are games that are really uh, really interesting to, to target. We got five games, like I said, between forty seven and fifty, and then uh, so something with anything sticks out. But we have a lot of games that are that are very attackable. So you take an overall look at the slate. There are uh, there are ten games on the slate. There's a lot of buys this week, so we've got ten games on the slate. We've got uh, eight early, two late, uh, and when uh, and then we have the uh, the three prime time games. Uh, so there's, uh, there's only two games late. So if you're planning, uh, you know, some, some apple picking or something fall like on your on your afternoon, it might be a good time to do it with only two late games. Although one of them is Seattle, Arizona, which should be a, a really fun game. But uh, on the primetime uh, primetime slate, we've got Philly at Houston was last night. Uh, Philly won 29-17. Uh, we've got Tennessee and Kansas City on uh, Sunday night and the Ravens and Saints on Monday. So those games will be off the slate uh, for us here. I, I mentioned it's uh, a bit of buy-mageddon this week. We've got six teams that are on a buy. We've got uh, the Cleveland Browns, the Dallas Cowboys, the New York Giants, the Steelers, the 49ers, and uh, I think the Browns, I didn't say. Browns, Cowboys, Broncos. Giants, Steelers, 49ers, all on by. So we got six teams on by this week, which brings us to the 10-game slate. Ryan, you are back now. Yeah, sorry about that. I think that's like three weeks in a row now, but I think I, I think I fixed it. <laughs> My bad. No worries at all. I was just I was kind of describing the slate in general. We've got 10 games, eight early, two late. I said if you want to do some some apple picking, uh, th- th- this might be a good weekend as there's two only two games on the late slate. Uh, talked about the primetime games. Talked about the teams on by. I mentioned quickly that there are – uh, there's no game that sticks out in terms of the total. There's no like 53, 54, but there are five games between 47 and 50. So we have a we have a number of games that are projected to be pretty highly scoring, and all of and, and a bunch of them. So it makes it re- it makes it really fun slate. There's no like obvious game to target. Um, the games that I'm mentioning in, the, in those high totals, we've got uh, the Chargers and Falcons are 49 and a half. So is Seattle and Arizona. So is the Packers and Lions 49 and a half there too. Raiders, Jaguars is 48, and Bills, Jets is 47. Obviously, some of those uh, you know, have different spreads in there. Four of those games are pretty close spreads. Um, the Bills and Jets obviously is not. That's a double-digit spread. But uh, with five games up here, it's, it's a lot for us to target this week. Uh, are there five games that you're like, that's the one I'm going to, this is what I'm starting with, or is it kind of like you're, you're kind of building a, a meld between those games? Yeah, I mean, as you mentioned, it's not obvious this week. We have yeah. sort of these five games, and at least for me, there's not one that, you know, jumps off the page. I think um, the Seattle-Arizona game will be relatively popular. Uh, it was a few weeks ago when these two teams yeah. played, and that game yeah. ended 19-9. to Like, pretty Horrible, much everybody yeah. busted. Um, I mentioned that it, it was a tad unlucky that that game busted. I believe eight drives got in the inside the 25 and uh, five of them ended with field goals and three turnovers inside the red zone. Wow. Um, and those teams play faster than most of the other teams on this slate. Uh, Arizona leads the league in no huddle rate. And so that game just project projects to be, I guess, the fastest pace. I think it'll draw some people. Uh, you mentioned then the Lions and Packers. That's interesting. The Lions have been such a great team to target. They were again last week. Um, the Packers have been pretty bad, though, and the yep. Packers play slow, especially when they get a lead. And then also you look at the, the teams in that game, um, you know, who do you who do you want to play really? Or, you know, the stacking is tough with both of those teams. Um, then, yeah, the Bills, the Bills is an interesting one. Highest implied total, but 
uh, they're huge favorites. So normally like a spot, I don't know, maybe to avoid, but I think it's more appealing on this slate when there isn't such an obvious target. You know, if, if the bills go off, that could be enough for you. Um, I think my favorite game right now uh, is probably the Chargers, probably yeah. the Chargers Atlanta game. Um, I think, you know, Mike Williams is out and it looks like Keenan Allen is out. And so in that game, you got some cheap prices on the other Chargers pass catchers. You also have Austin Eckler, who um, is sort of by far the best running back on the slate, at least projection wise. And especially with those two receivers out, you also have two of the better tight ends on the slate in that game. Um, so I kind of like that game. And, you know, the Atlanta, we talk about Atlanta and that they like to slow it down and they like to run, but they've uh, allowed 35 plus points in back-to-back -back weeks and their games have featured some huge scores. So I don't mind targeting that one. Um, do you have a favorite out of these games? You know, I really don't. It's it was for, to me, it was more kind of, fig you know, figuring out and picking my spots, but, uh, Packers Lions is fascinating. You mentioned it because the Lions play no defense, but the Packers offense has been really slow and really tough to figure out. Just, you know, not good overall. You know, Aaron Jones looked good last week and we'll talk about him for sure. But like, it's hard to figure out, do you trust Rodgers enough here? And do you, do you, is there someone that you want to stack him with? I mean, Al Lazard's going to be back this week. It sounds like, um, you know, Romeo Dubs was, uh, was involved last week. It's just, it's hard to figure out, um, you know, what is stacked there. And then Raiders Jaguars, you didn't really mention, but that's 48. Um, I fully just don't trust Derek Carr right now. Like after last week, uh, I get it. Devontae Adams apparently had the flu, but like Carr looked horrible. I mean, that, that offense, that's about as big as a no-show as we've seen all year. I mean, the Saints defense, um, you know, is okay, but it hasn't been, you know, vintage Saints D. And they got shut out. They didn't pass the 50-yard line until like late in the fourth quarter when the when the back of quarterback was in. It was it was brutal to watch. They never even got close to scoring. It was like, it wasn't like, Oh, you know, like you mentioned before with the, the Seahawks cars, like maybe they were driving and turn it over or driving and missed a field goal. Like they didn't move the ball the entire game. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of with you. That's sort of why I glossed over that game. Yeah. I just, I can't stack the Raiders after, after that. Um, Jacksonville, when we talk about running backs, we'll mention Travis Etienne. Uh, yeah. It looks like one of the better plays on the slate and uh, Jacksonville have, Maybe some pass catchers that you could target as well. Trevor Lawrence is cheap, but yeah, I'm just not excited about that Raiders Raiders side. Yeah, it's just it's ugly. And in Jacksonville's like you can kind of think like maybe it's a, maybe it's a Trevor Lawrence week with the Raiders defense being not very good. But you know Lawrence looked horrible last week. It was against uh, it was against Denver, and he looked good uh, the week before. But he's been very up and down. So uh, yeah, the lot of these games I like some pieces of, but in terms of stacking. Um, I'm actually thinking about stacking some of the games that aren't in this in this group right now. So that's going to be <laughs> me uh, too. Me yeah. too. Yeah. So I want to. Well, as we do, we talk about that. We'll get to that. But let's let's get into the slate. I think it's a really fun slate to talk about. I like that there's no uh, there's no obvious game to stack. It, it kind of gives you the a chance to really uh, ex explore a bunch of options. But first, a note from our sponsors at NFL All Day. NFL All Day is the official licensed digital collectible of the NFL. It's a whole new way to express your fandom by owning the greatest moments from your favorite players and teams. Each moment on NFL All Day features a limited edition video highlight of one of the greatest plays from the NFL's past or present. From OBJ's iconic one-handed catch to Patrick Mahomes' five touchdowns and five chain possessions to Brian Urlacher's 85-yard pick six against the Packers. Sorry, Ryan, I promise I did not put that in the, in the copy myself. There's truly a moment on NFL All Day for every fan. It doesn't stop, uh, it doesn't stop being able to own a collectible of your favorite moments because NFL All Day rewards collectors for their fandom. 
You see, NFL All-Day Collectors have earned once-in-a-lifetime experiences like literally going on stage at the draft to announce draft picks and meeting some of the biggest names for the 2022 NFL Draft at the NFL PA Rookie Premiere. What's the best way to get started? Head to NFLAllDay.com to sign up and redeem a free, limited-edition NFL collectible featuring Patrick Mahomes. Don't miss out on NFL All Days, the next generation fan platform has started locking rewards and experiences today. So, Ryan, it's an interesting week in terms of we always start by talking about, you know, who's going to be popular, who's going to be chalky, who's going to be cash lamps. And last week it was like, all right, well, Tony Pollard's going to be, you know, a thousand percent owned. Um, in terms of this week, it feels like there's a ton of running back value in the six thousands. There's a, like a lot of options in there. Um, do you see anybody at quarterback that you think is going to be kind of a chalk, boring play? Um, I'm curious who you're going to come up with here because I uh, I didn't really have a, an obvious one, but there's a guy in here I want to talk about real quick too. I want to see who, who you who you have. Yeah, um, I I don't actually. Um, it's it's one of those weird weeks where I, at least as of now, I don't see anyone that's going to be like the chalk in, in cash either. games at quarterback. So yeah. so we have Josh Allen. You know, you'd like to play Josh Allen, but uh, he's the most expensive he's been this season, and it doesn't look like we're going to get cheap value that that you know makes it doable so right after that uh kyler murray i don't know you're probably not going to go there um so you're going to look at some of these cheap guys um aaron Rodgers and geno smith project well i think people will go with one of those two i mean they're in high total games and just pretty good spots um but i think you could even look below that um you know trevor lawrence projects well but i wouldn't go there i'm i'm interested in Mariota and Fields, uh, one of those rushing quarterbacks. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it, I think it might be a week to pay down. Uh, there's, you know, you can't get to Allen as I mentioned. There's no cheap value, and both of these guys, Fields and Mariota, are in pretty good spots and pretty cheap. And you like that rushing upside. So uh, Fields was the guy that I wanted to uh, talk about. Uh, it's uh, it's an interesting spot in terms of, uh, you know, the fact that it's not one of the super high total games. The total's 45 and a half in the game Miami. It's not a bad one. And Miami, uh, we know, can put up points. Uh, they, did, they did it last week against Detroit. But Fields is 20-plus fantasy points the last three weeks, 25 each of the last two weeks. He's got 60-plus rush yards in three straight weeks. Like, they have clearly changed the offense the last few weeks. And they're letting him – it's not like – Scramble plays, actually designed run plays. Um, he's been a QB one, so you know one of the top twelve QBs in four straight weeks. All of that with that with that with passing two hundred passing yards once all season. It's it's pretty uh, pretty wild setup. The Miami D pasty is not good. You know they added Bradley Chubb this week, so maybe that'll help the pass rush. But Fields is fascinating to me. He's fifty three hundred. He's not one of the higher games, but like he's a guy that you can play. It's hard to stack with him, you know, because they don't throw the ball a ton. But you could you could you could play him by himself in a cash lineup. You could play Darnell Mooney. You could play. You could take a risk on Chase Claypool. Maybe uh, you know coming over for his first game. But uh, I find Fields really fascinating. I don't think he's going to be the highest owned, uh, but uh, I think I think you're right. I think you mentioned like five or six guys. We'll talk about them. We talk about our favorite stacks. But it's a week where it's it's really spread out in terms of quarterbacks. Yeah, I'm glad you're on board with Fields because that's who's in my lineup right now. Nice. And like it's. Yeah, and I think for cash games, you just play him by himself. There's there's no yeah. reason to pair him with anybody. Um, but, yeah, it's interesting, and it's a tough decision, you mentioned, because um, that's one of the lower total games. So it affects his projection, at least in the two places I've looked. Uh, Marcus Mariota has a little bit higher projection, and even Trevor Lawrence has a little bit of higher projection. So people look at that stuff, and some follow it religiously for cash games. Um, this is one where... I would side with Fields. I, I'm confident okay. enough. Yeah, you know, 
I, you mentioned his last two games. He's looked better for me. He's passed the eye test for me. He's a better uh, running quarterback than, than Mario. I don't know. I think he has more upside and I, I, I'm, I like the whole matchup. I don't know. I guess I, I'm more confident in the field. So I'm fine doing that in cash games. Yeah. I like it too. Um, in terms of running backs, I mentioned there's a lot of running back. Uh, I don't know if we call it value or guys that are interesting in the 6,000s. We got, uh, you know, ATN, you mentioned 6,300. Uh, Kenneth Walker, 6,200, I believe. Ramondre Steven, 6,200. Like hey, all these guys will be uh, kind of uh, kind of fairly popular, but nobody sticks out. I was like, oh, this is the guy you have to play this week. There's no like Tony Pollard from last week, but uh, ATN, Stevenson, you got Joe Mixon here, 6,500, way priced down against a you know, big home favorite against Carolina, although Mixon looked really bad on Monday night, but the whole Bengals offense did. But you've got just like four or five guys in this range. Even you could even throw, you know, Dante Foreman in here at 6,000. There's a lot of guys in this range, but I think the fact there's a lot of them kind of spreads out the roster. I don't think there's like an obvious, uh, you know, everybody's going to kind of start with this guy this week. Uh, do, you, do you see that? Uh, yeah. All those guys you mentioned, they're kind of, they all project well. They're all in the similar yeah. salary range. Uh, if one stands out, it is Etienne. Uh, He's been so good uh, yeah. since taking over. He just, you know, shredded the Broncos, 156 yards. Um, and, you know, I think people will look at that matchup against at home against the Raiders and be pretty confident. So I think yeah. he'll probably be the most popular. Um, after that, then it's up in the air. You mentioned Mixon's in a good spot. And Mixon, it, the thing with Mixon, yeah, he hasn't looked great, but his salary is the cheapest it's been all season. So that will... Yeah make him relatively popular. Um, I kind of like Aaron Jones. If you go up a little bit higher, Aaron Jones too, I think is in the conversation. Um, but yeah, just to echo what you said, no one really stands out after that. Um, and at wide receiver, uh, there's a lot of guys I like, but it kind of feels the same. The, the one I, I would say that maybe stands out if things work out and Keenan Allen doesn't play is Josh Palmer in, in Los Angeles with the Chargers at 5,100. I actually thought it'd be a little cheaper. They bumped him up a little, probably knowing there's some injury issues there, but 5,100 for Palmer, you know, with uh, attached to Herbert, if both, you know, Will, obviously Williams is out, but I think Keenan Allen's going to be out. We don't know for sure yet, but it's, it's kind of trending that way. If one and two are out and three becomes one, like I think Palmer at 5,100 becomes uh, pretty popular pretty quickly. Yep. Yep. I agree. Uh, Palmer, I think would be the most popular if though, if Keenan was out, seems like Keenan's going to be out after that. It's wide open. Um, yeah. I think up top, the two that, uh, the two that project the best are Tyreek Hill and DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, so if people have the salary, they might look there. There's a couple guys in the mid-range, too. Godwin stands out a little to me. Um, he's still a little bit cheap. Uh, 11 targets, 13 targets, 12 targets. And you have in this matchup uh, the likelihood that Jalen Ramsey will be on Mike Evans at least yeah. most of the time. So it just it's a little bump to Godwin there. So I think people look there and then the Seahawks receivers are in that range too. Metcalf and Lockett sort of, they're okay. DJ Moore, uh, you know, he's got the hot hand right now, still pretty cheap, but yeah, nothing really stands out other than Palmer. Uh, if Keenan Allen were to sit. Yeah. I feel the same way. I, I love Godwin this week. Easy. My favorite play is 6200. We'll talk about receivers when we get there, but uh, he stuck out to me. I didn't know if he'd stick out in terms of like a, you know, huge chalk play. I think it'd be pretty popular, but uh, I like that. It's uh there's a lot of spread out, uh, and there's a, there's a lot of guys in the 8,000. So, you know, I, I think that you're right. I think Hopkins and, and Tyreek stick out a little bit. But, 
you know, you got Justin Jefferson's right there. Stephon Diggs is right there. Cooper Cup's a little higher, but they're all in the same mix. They're all going to take uh, take some uh, some percentage points away from each other. Uh, but let's jump right in. Let's jump into uh, some game stacks. So what are you doing at, at, uh, at quarterback here? You mentioned Fields got kind of naked in a cash game setup. But if you're looking for, uh, you know, game stacks, who to play, your quarterback receiver, maybe come back with somebody else. Uh, what are you kind of thinking in that regard? What are you, What's your favorite one there? Mm, yeah, I'm not. I'm not so sure. I have a favorite yeah. at the moment. I'm, it's that, I'm it's that kind of, of week, which is good. I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, um, you got to think a little, get a little creative. Um, we've had these no-brainer plays for the for the past few weeks, and they've all just been crushing. It's not like that this week. Um, I mentioned at the start, I'll have some Justin Herbert. I'll give it a try again with the Chargers. It hasn't really worked yet this season. I mean, we've right. had these spots before, um, but. So I will stack the Chargers and run it back with Kyle Pitts. Uh, tight end this week wow. is probably the Kyle, Kyle Pitts, the mention of the first 20 minutes of the podcast, how things have changed. Yeah, and, you know, Kyle Pitts was actually on my, all my best lineups last week, too. Nice. Um, I took the chance last week. He was like 4 or 5% owned in, in some of the stuff I played. Um, but, yeah, anyways, on this slate, tight end is, I think, the weakest I can remember it. I mean, you have Zach Ertz as the most expensive and Hawkinson right below that for a new team. Uh, and then just not much. So, you know, yeah. you can kind of do whatever you want this week at tight end. You get a 20-point score from somebody, you might crush the field. Uh, but, anyways, besides that Chargers game, yeah, okay. So I'm thinking of the Bills, but I guess I got Justin Fields. I mean, we, we just spoke about him, but. That was for cash games. Uh, for tournaments, yeah, I, I'm still going to play fields. And I'm, okay. I think I'll take the chance with Mooney, and you can run it back with Tyreek Hill. It just has to be a sing, uh, an easy stack or a single stack. Just uh, You don't want to pair fields with more than one pass catcher. I don't think so. Um, you know, Some of the reason you roster him is for the rushing, and I don't know if you really expect him to throw for 300-plus yards and a bunch of touchdowns. So I'll probably pair him with just one guy. And I kind of like Mooney now that they have uh, Claypool there. I think I think it will make Mooney a little bit less popular. And I don't think it really negatively affects him. If anything, it might help him a little bit. Um, so I, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to have some bears stacks as as funny as that sounds, <laughs> I guess. And then um, if I'm going to target a chalkier game, uh, I might take the chance with Kyler and Hopkins. That just seems like sort of a simple one and it's another one where I don't like to double stack Kyler I, I you know I think it's easy to just pair him with Hopkins rather than guess on these other guys who are now priced up now I mean Rondell Moore is a fine option he had his best game of the season last week Ertz I don't know you know Ertz is expensive now and now that they got Hopkins back I don't think Ertz is as good of a play as he'd been in weeks past so just give me uh, Kyler Hopkins and then probably DK Metcalf or even Kenneth Walker I, uh, I thought Kyler looked the best last year throwing the ball he did last week that he did, that he did all year long. I thought that was uh, – I've been unimpressed with Kyler overall. We talked about the – you know, last time I played Seattle, he was really bad. He was 23-37 for 222. Did rush for 100 yards in that game, which, you know, kind of uh, built his floor nicely. But no touchdowns in that game. Just, you know, killed people who played him, stacked him. It was with uh, – I don't remember. It was, it was with Rondo Moore, Hollywood Brown at that point. But uh, – yeah, I, I like that play. I thought he looked good last week. I think that they're a different offense with Hopkins. You know, you hate to think like one receiver makes that much of a difference, but DeAndre really seems like he changed that offense. Kyler seems way more comfortable. He's there. He was 31 of 44 for 326 and three touchdowns last week. Um, he didn't have more than two touchdowns uh, throwing in a game all year until that one. So uh, I like that play. I'm curious if people will see that last game against Seattle and be like, yeah, I don't want to go back to that. He's not cheap. So it's uh, interesting. But 
Um, I kind of like the other side of that Chicago game. I think it's very workable. I like uh, I like stacking Tua again. I think that um, he was huge against Detroit. Granted, Detroit's bad, he would, but he was 29 for 36, 382, and three touchdowns. And what you like with Tua is it's obvious. You either take, you take uh, Tyreek, who's been huge, or you take Jalen Waddle, or you can play both. It gets really expensive fast, but you can play both. But he just has obvious guys he throws to. You know, It's one of those things that he either throws to, to, to Tyreek or he throws to Waddle. Tyreek has the most targets in the whole NFL – but Waddle has like 33 more targets than anybody else on Miami. So like, it's just that their, their passing tree is so narrow. I think it works. You come back with Mooney. He's 4,700, five for 70 last week. You mentioned when you were talking about fields, I think that he's an okay uh, coming back. You know, I don't think you expect him to go off. You mentioned, you know, fields is not going to, guy's going to throw for 350, but I think Mooney does enough at 4,700. I think he's a, he's a nice uh, comeback there. Uh, the bears have not faced a lot of good quarterbacks. The numbers are pretty good against quarterbacks. They haven't faced a ton in a, a murderer's row by any means. They have a really bad pressure rate. So I think that uh, I think two will have plenty of time to throw um, in terms of sneakier stacks. Um, it's a weird week. Cause this is the week where like both Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers are in situations where like, are they finally going to have a big week? Uh, I think I lean a little bit myself towards Brady here at 6,000 against the Rams. The Rams are dead last in the NFL in pressure rate. They are not doing a, doing a lot to, to, to make the quarterback feel uncomfortable, allowing 7.4 yards per attempt. I just feel like Brady feels really due for a three-touchdown game. He's got 290 passing yards or more in four of his last five weeks, but three touchdowns total. Like that's just it's one of those things that just doesn't really compute very well together. Like he's going to have a game where those uh, those guys that get tackled at three are going to get in the end zone. I think it's going to be this week. I really like him at six thousand. Like pairing him with Godwin, I think that really works out well. Coming back is tough though. You've got to uh, you got to play way up for Cooper Cup, or you got to risk uh, you know Allen Robinson or or, uh, or Tyler Higby. So coming back is tough for that game, but. I do really like Brady and Godwin. I think Godwin gets his first touchdown of the year. Crazy, he hasn't scored yet. But uh, Brady and Godwin this week for a stack with me. I know it's a little bit off the map, not one of those high score games, but I really like Brady for a, for a three touchdown week. Yeah, no, I, I like both those calls actually. And you know, you mentioned two at the start as maybe uh, I don't know. You mentioned uh, maybe not being sneaky, but I think he's actually a sneaky one too, which is funny to say. Um, He's not going to be owned this week uh, after he was after what he did last week and how popular he was and what he's done in uh, some of the prior weeks. So, yeah, I think that's a really sharp call, actually. Just everyone's off to and the Dolphins all of a sudden on a slate where there there really aren't any, you know, clear cut options. It's sort of weird to me. So, yeah, I think that's a, a sharp call. Yeah, I really like it this week. I know they're not one of the five games that are five totals, but they're right underneath it. They're 45 and a half. So they're right there. Uh, Question in the chat: Would you uh, would you drop Kadarius Tony to pick up Wandale Robinson off waivers in a full PPR? That is a uh, that is a tough call right there uh, from Adam Weber. Just because they're both kind of the guys that everybody's been picking up. Wandale was a, a disappointment last week, only three and a half points. Um, I think I'd rather have Wandale just because of the way that offense is. Uh, they need options right now, and uh, Kansas City got to work Tony in. I like Tony a lot in that offense, but they have so many weapons. They have Travis Kelsey. I think there's going to be it's going to be hard to time him each week. Probably hit some big plays, but uh, give me uh, give me Wandale in full PPR. I just think he'll be more involved in the offense. How about you? Yeah, definitely give me give me Wandale as well. Um, one other just one other stack. Um, yeah, just. I want to mention it because I'm not going to play it and it doesn't sound like you are either. Um, but no one's going to play Joe Burrow this week. No. Uh, people are off Cincy and we've seen Burrow win so many slates for people. I mean, yep. he's done it five or six times just over the past season and a half. Uh, now, you know, 
it's not the greatest spot, but I'm just bringing it up because no one's really going to do it. And, you know, yeah, I don't know that that just to me, that's enough to make it viable. Yeah. And he's easy playing with Higgins or Boyd. Um, they're going against Carolina this week. You see them going off early. Uh, they're probably pretty pissed off. They looked horrible on Monday night. They looked really bad. Um, only got there a little bit late just because, uh, you know, they had a garbage, uh, late, late garbage time touchdown to Higgins, a 40 yard TD. They were kind of, you know, guy missed a tackle, but, um, yeah, Carolina defense is, uh, not one that, uh, not one that scares you. The other interesting slate to me, it's stacked to me. There's just so many this week to pick from, but I think, I think cousins, uh, Kirk cousins against Washington, 6,200 pairing him with Jefferson, a really good matchup. Washington's allowing 7.5 yards per attempt. Uh, cousin has not been great stat wise. He's like, he's like under six, he's like 6.6 yards per attempt. I think I saw, um, but you know, one of those games, again, he kind of feels due for one of those big games. Washington's defense is not one that scares you. Maybe they can score a little bit to get this going a little bit, but, uh, he's interesting. I mean, Goff uh, had 320 yards last week. He's, uh, against green Bay. If green Bay kind of gets it going, you know, maybe they have to uh, come back. The Packers pasty has not been, it has been pretty good. Um, but you know, it's a quarterback in a high scoring game. Uh, he had 321 yards last week. There are so many options this week. Picking the right quarterback is going to be huge. Cause there are, there are, there's like 10 and 11 ways you go here. We, we didn't even mention, we mentioned Josh Allen at the top, but, you know, 8,500 for Allen. It's, a, it's an interesting one. He's a he's that big implied total. But the Jets D is pretty good. So it's like that weird in between of do you want to pay up for him in a, in a not great spot. But he's still Josh Allen, still could go off. There are, there are so many ways to go to quarterback this week. Yeah. And I think uh, one, one of the nice thing about this week is you can credibly target any of these spots, any of these yeah. spots we mentioned. And it, that's different in other weeks. Like take last week, for instance, um, to target another spot. That means you would have to fade Miami or fade Philadelphia or fade Tony Pollard or Kamara. Yeah. And th- in the end, those are just going to be mistakes most of the time. And on, and, and on this slate, you don't really have to worry about that so much. So you can target some of these games that normally you wouldn't be able to if there was just some great spots like there are on other slates. For sure. I agree. I, I, think, it, uh, I think it makes it a little bit fun. So let's get into all the other positions. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about here. But uh, first, for no, a note from our sponsors at No House Advantage. No House Advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available today. Playing pick'em contests versus other people for the shot at winning big cash prizes. Uh, download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for correct picks, and climb the leaderboard for your shot at hundreds of thousands of dollars every week. You can also test your skills versus the house and 20x your entry if you hit all your picks. That and up to five player prop over-unders or individual player matchups across every major sports league, including the NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, and NASCAR. Sign up now with promo code NHAWIRE. That's N-H-A-W-I-R-E at NoHouseAdvantage.com or download the app on the app stores to get a first deposit matchup to $25. Make sure to check out No House Advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined. It's not just how you play, but also where you play. You do not want to miss out on this. So, uh, Ryan, I was looking at the No House Advantage app. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about a couple of player props here. It's fun to kind of break these down. Uh, what are a couple of the over-unders this week that you find yourself uh, attacking this week if you're, if, you're, if you're playing on No House Advantage? Yeah, well, the first one seems uh, relatively simple. We mentioned Josh Palmer at the start. Uh, I yeah. believe his number was 47 and a half. Um, you know, even if Keenan Allen played, I wouldn't necessarily mind having that, but if Keenan Allen's out, like it looks like he might be, um, the over on Palmer seems really good there. Uh, 12 targets uh, last time, nine catches, only 57 yards, but he's shown upside before. He had 99 yards on nine targets in week three. So yep. I think that one's pretty easy uh, if Keenan Allen's out. And then for the other one, um, 
I think I'm going to choose DJ Moore, the over on DJ Moore, nice. 58 and a half. Sort of ride the hot hand with DJ Moore. Um, 11 targets and 10 targets in the past two games and some big plays. You know, everybody saw the big play to almost win the game or force overtime <laughs> last week. Yep. Uh, but I think, you know, a lot, you know, so much of it has to do uh, with Christian McCaffrey not being there anymore and Robbie Anderson's not there anymore. So they, they just don't have anybody. So he's going to get a ton of targets. He just needs to catch a few of them to get over 58 yards. So give me the over on more as well. What about you? Uh, I like those. I mean, they're, they're really, they're really feeding DJ the last couple of weeks. And as you mentioned, no McCaffrey has changed that offense a little bit, kind of how they do things. And, you know, they're running the ball a lot and then feeding DJ more. Um, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go a couple overs. Also, we really kind of lead towards overs. A little more fun to talk about. Uh, I'm gonna go Christian Kirk over 56 and a half yards. I really like uh, the setup this week for uh, for Jacksonville, and I think that uh, that number seems really low for me on Kirk. He's been solid, always involved in the offense. You know, I know they struggled last week against Denver, but I like the bounce back against the Raiders because he goes uh, he goes over that number uh, pretty darn easily, actually. And then I'm gonna go. Uh, Kind of go back to the passing stack that I was attacking. I'm going to go to a tag of Iloa over 1.5 passing touchdowns. Um, I think Tyreek gets in the end zone this week. Uh, he has not scored since week uh, week two, I believe it was. He had two touchdowns in week two, has not scored since. So I think uh, Tyreek gets in, maybe Waddle gets in, maybe a little Gusecki. I think that uh, 1.5 passing TVs, TDs, I really like I really like the over there. So just a few of our choices on the No House Advantage app. Again, if you want to check that out, it's nohouseadvantage.com or No House Advantage on your uh, in any of your app stores there. It's a uh, a fun uh, fun pick'em game. A lot of overrunners can, can make some money, so uh, definitely check that out. Hopefully our four picks will, uh, will help you uh, get started there. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, so let's talk about uh, let's talk about running backs, uh, Ryan. Uh, the expensive running backs. You mentioned Austin Eckler earlier as the the most expensive by far. He's a thousand dollars more than anybody else on DraftKings. He's eighty eight hundred. We have Dalvin Cook at seventy eight hundred. Aaron Jones at seventy four. Josh Jacobs at seventy three. Uh, in terms of expensive running backs here, I have a huge uh, favorite of, for for myself. But uh, who do you like in this range uh, among the running backs that are that are priced over seven thousand? Um, I have a feeling you might say Aaron Jones. I, I, I love Aaron Jones in that matchup against Detroit. Um, but I'll say, I'll also mention Austin Eckler. Um, yeah, now, I'm curious. I'm curious what you're doing with Eckler this week. He's so expensive, but like mm-hmm. the tar- the targets without Keenan have been insane. Yeah. Uh, you meant, I mean, you hit it. He's so expensive. Uh, you know, he's been in 7,500, 7,800, 7,700. Now he's way up there by far the most expensive he's ever been. But those numbers are insane. And if 
if Keenan Allen's out again, he's going to catch 10 balls again. I mean, he has 28 targets in the past two weeks. You look That's at his crazy. fantasy scores. Yeah, yeah, they're just crazy. Um, so I actually think the, the salary, too, will keep enough people off of him. You know, if he was 8K, he would have been crazy popular. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'll try to get there. Uh, but you're right. The salary makes it tough. I, I really like Aaron Jones, though. I don't know what you think. Uh, Aaron Jones is one of my favorite plays the whole the whole slate. So yeah, in this range, it's definitely Jones. But going back on Eckler real quick before we get to Jones, like it's yeah. the numbers are wild. He'd be a top twenty receiver just on his receiving stats right now. So it's like, but it's weird. Then you look and he has he has under forty yards in rushing in five of seven games. Like that's wild. Like that's not even that's not even a high. That's it's, it's a crazy. Like it's not like he's like oh he's been under eighty yards in five of seven. He's under forty yards, and then he, he has a hundred seventy three rushing yard game in there. He had that he had that big run that uh, that boosted that. But twenty eight targets you mentioned the last couple. He's twenty two catches, eight touchdowns the last four games too. Like it's just <laughs> it's a really hard guy for me to figure out right now. I mean, I, yeah, it's so good, but like you have you have, the rushing floor is like four points like it's it's not it's it's not low and a lot of these guys that we talk about up here usually like well they're gonna get 18 18 carries so you know we talk about Derek Henry or Nick Chubb like they, at least the touches are there and but they are just different with Eckler just it's the catches um without Keenan Allen without Mike Williams you gotta think he's super involved but it's it's hard for me to click at 8800 he's a tough guy for me but I love uh I love Aaron Jones this week he was he looked really good last week the only part of the Packers offense that did look good he was 20 for 143 also had four catches, uh, been playing a lot. He's been playing more than, than A.J. Dillon. The, the A.J. Dillon thing was a, a big concern with people in the preseason, and that's the uh, last couple of weeks it's been a lot of Aaron Jones. Detroit defense is just terrible. They're allowing four, uh, five and a quarter yard, 5.25 yards per carry as a five and a quarter um, per carry. It's like really bad. Um, you got to think that there's a chance that Green Bay gets up in this game and they, they feed Jones. He's involved in the passing game. I think Sidney Varner is a really good price week for Jones on your Packers. Are you? It sounds like you're on board, and I always, I always lean for you for the for the Packers expertise. Yep, yep, I'm on board. I love Jones here. Um, you know, the, the, this Packers offense isn't what it used to be. They they need Jones. Their best option to be competitive and win games is to yeah. feed Jones a lot and to throw him a lot of passes. I mean, you look at the Packers pass catchers. You can't really expect Rodgers to just sling it around like he used to. Um, so, yeah, I think you mentioned that they've been feeding him the last couple of weeks. He's been more involved. I think, yeah, I think that that's what happens again. And it's just such a good matchup, basically the best matchup in, in fantasy football, a matchup in Detroit. So yeah, I, I love Jones too this week. And I like that he did, you know, even if they get up a little bit, he's not game scripted out fully because he'll, he'll catch, he'll catch some passes or if they get behind randomly, he'll catch some passes, which is nice. And if they get ahead, he can obviously, uh, he can run it out, run out the clock, but we mentioned all the guys in the 6,000s. We mentioned Aaron Jones. We mentioned Austin Eckler. Does that mean you think that nobody's going to have Dalvin Cook this week at 7,800? Yeah, I think nobody's going to have Dalvin Cook this week at 7,800. Um, uh, I do too. I, it's a good spot though. They're, they're favored mm-hmm. against Washington. Washington's allowed five yards per carry each of the last three games. Or Cook's been over five yards per carry each of the last three games. Uh, Washington has played the run pretty well. But you know, Cook had his first 100-yard rushing game last week. He was 20 for 111. Five for thirty receiving. It seems like he's uh, he and this offense are kind of uh, figuring it out right now. And and Cook's been really rolling the last few weeks. Yeah, and it's an, it's it's interesting because he wasn't uh, he wasn't popular at all last week. I mean, like yeah. two three percent, and uh, a couple 
actually quite a few pretty sharp people took the chance on Cook last week. And, you know, 28 fantasy points, it would have worked on other weeks if if all the other running backs didn't go off. But, yeah, you have a similar spot this week, like you mentioned. It's a good spot for Cook. He's getting a lot of usage, and no one's going to roster him. So yeah. I think it makes a lot of sense. I think he's interesting. I just think that he's going to be – It's going to be if people are going to go up, they're going to go up to Eckler. If they're going to get in that range, they're going to go to Jones. And then otherwise, I think they just go cheap. I mean, we talked about the guys in the 6,000s. Uh, we'll kind of break, break, break them down a little bit more in depth now. We've got Joe Mixon, 6,500. ATN, 6,300. Ramondre Stevenson, 62. Kenneth Walker, 62. Raheem Mostert, 61. And Dante Foreman, uh, I guess it's Deontay Foreman, uh, 6,000. Uh, Foreman, I want to I want to start with. We'll go with the cheapest first. He uh, Another big game last week. He was 26 for 118 and three touchdowns after a 15 for 118 the week before. Um, tougher game script here. They're at Cincinnati. I think they're like uh, seven-point underdogs this week. But uh, it sounds like Chuba Hubbard might play, which kind of complicates it a little more, too. They, they really split a lot of time the week prior. Um, the Bengals have started struggling against the run since DJ Reader got hurt, though. Like, he's the kind of their big run-stopper, run-gap guy. Um, are you playing Foreman? Or are you just going ATN and Stevenson? What are you doing in this range? Because there are I – just, I just reeled them off. There's like six really good options between 6,000 and 6,500. Yeah, I don't mind Foreman. Uh, Hubbard would have to be out though. I, I don't. Okay. I couldn't take a gamble like that if 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 Hubbard was in there. You need Foreman. I mean, I'm not saying he wouldn't, but you need him for 20 plus carries just because he's yeah. not really involved in the passing game. Um, but yeah, I don't mind the matchup against Cincinnati. You know, Cincinnati were favorites against Cleveland last week, and Nick Chubb ran all over him. So yeah, I don't see why Foreman can't do that. Um, Nick, to answer Nick, your question, Nick, Nick Nick Chubb is awesome, by the way. Yeah, he is. I mean, I you know, Chubb I runs all too. over a lot of people. Me oh, too. Love, love that guy. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, he, you're right, though. Chubb, underrated and underappreciated, I think. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, uh, you hit it, though. I'm going to be very heavy on Etienne, and then I'll probably sprinkle some of these other guys in. Um, I know – I don't know what's up with Damian Harris. I see he's missed both practices with an illness. You know, he's been questionable with other injuries too. I, you know, I like Ramondre Stevenson already. If for some reason Harris were to miss, I, yeah. you know, I'd really like Ramondre, you know? Yeah, I, I agree there. I think that uh, I think that Stevenson's playable with Harris, but I think without Harris, I think he becomes probably uh, the most uh, rostered in this range. I mean, he just looks really – he has 15 catches last two weeks. Like, they're using him a ton in the passing game. He was uh, 16 for 71 last week, seven catches. Uh, they're a home favorite against Indianapolis. The Indy run D is pretty good against uh, running backs, and uh, Shaq Leonard is back, previously Darius Leonard. He's back, which is, changes their whole uh, their whole Davis. With him and DeForest Buckner in the middle there, uh, they get pretty tough pretty quick. Um, Kenneth Walker, though, at Arizona, 5,200 or 6,200. I feel like people are like a little bit off him now, now that he was 1851 last week. He did score. It's weird. He's a, he's a weird format. He's very boomer bust. He has a ton of carries that don't gain a ton of yards, but then he pops big runs. Uh, he has nothing, nothing in the pass game really. So that's a little bit risky too, but, uh, Arizona allowed 151 yards and two touches in Minnesota last week. We mentioned Dalvin cook did well last week, him and Madison together uh, for 151, uh, I feel like Walker was like the the bell of the ball two weeks ago and last few weeks, and now he's a little bit a uh, little bit underlooked, uh, underappreciated with ATN and Stevenson and Foreman kind of in this range. We mentioned Joe Mixon, like there are there's just so many ways you can go here. Yeah, I you know I don't really have much to add. You hit it on the head. Walker's sort of gonna be the forgotten man uh, because of these other guys in this range. So you know another reason to roster him, and actually that matchup for Walker. Um, 
has the biggest mismatch uh, between offensive and defensive lines out of any of the other games on the slate. Uh, Arizona, uh, their defensive line ranks 30th in the league. I believe they're giving up 4.7 yards a carry or something, averaging over a touchdown a game allowed to opposing running backs. Yeah, you mentioned Cook uh, had a big game against them last week. So, yeah, it all makes sense for Walker. And he's, he's not going to be as popular because, as you mentioned, he doesn't have that uh, receiving upside. But he... Looks like we may have lost uh, lost Ryan again there. So uh, that was the end of the uh, the six thousand uh, range at running back. It's it's a really fun range. It's an interesting range. I think that I'm leaning towards. I think I'm actually leaning towards Kenneth Walker this week. A little bit a uh, little bit under rostered, but I think that uh, I think it really is an interesting spot in terms of everybody's kind of forgetting about him. I like his chance to hit a big play. I like that Arizona gave up so much ground um, last week to uh, to to Minnesota, the Minnesota running back. So. Um, Anyway, as 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 Ryan comes back, uh, oh, he's back now. Sorry about the internet issues there. I was just kind of, yeah. I was kind of hearing that. Uh, I think as you went through there, you kind of talked me into a little bit more Kenneth Walker than I anticipated. I think I like the, uh, I like the underappreciated, the overlooked uh, angle this week. I think he hits a big, uh, a big run this week against Arizona. I think that game's going to be, uh, you know, we, you mentioned the nineteen, the line last time they played. I think it has to be a little more wild this week. So I, I like getting Walker this week. I think that. Uh, if, if Harris plays, I think I'm going to go Walker over Stevens as much as I like Stevenson. Yeah. Um, what do you do with Mixon, though? We kind of we kind of gloss over him a little bit. Um, are you playing him this week? I know it looked rough last week, but, man, the matchup and matchup and, and game script work really well for, for Mixon at a really uh, lower price. Yeah. Um, that's a tough one. Mixon's it always is. a tough one. You know, I, I think I kind of feel similarly to you in that, just not a guy I love rostering. Doesn't look the greatest a, a lot of times. Um, and the, but, these young guys at the same price are just so much more fun and sexier. But I mean, yeah, he's gonna get. He's gonna get used. He's gonna get involved. I just, it's uh, it's not very fun to click him over ATN and Walker and Stevenson. No, it's not. Um, am I gonna roster him? Maybe on a small percentage of probably on a small percentage of lineups. But I'm okay. not like gonna be heavily invested in mixing. Strategy question in the chat. Uh, someone's mentioned they're struggling in their league. They're three and five, but they do have Saquon and Justin Jefferson. Would you uh, would you trade one of those and try and do like a, a two for one kind of deal? In my mind, I think I keep my studs and try and uh, I try and piece these to get pieces together elsewhere. I think that uh, I don't like I don't love two for one trades where you're giving up the best player. I tend to think you just kind of make yourself uh, make yourself more. Uh, you give yourself you know maybe more floor but less upside. I think in a league that. Uh, you're trying to catch up. You need some huge scores. I'm keeping JJ and, and Saquon and kind of trying to figure out the rest of the spots. I'm with you. So let's uh, let's jump into uh, – before I do that, is there anybody under 6,000 at running back you're considering playing this week? I did not see anybody mm -hmm. under Foreman. Is there anybody that you are uh, you know strongly thinking about playing? I don't think so. Um, you know, it would be a gamble, but the one guy I'll mention is A.J. Dillon. You know, if you look at the, the numbers, they don't look great. But, you know, it is this matchup against Detroit. So maybe in a larger field tournament, I don't mind it. I don't know. <clears throat> I wouldn't roster him um, over some of these other guys we mentioned, but maybe in like the flex uh, okay. as a third running back. Maybe. Uh, and Dylan is uh, Dylan's how much here? I'm scrolling. 5,700. Okay. So, so you my know, you just funny. Your... Sorry, go ahead. 
No, I was gonna say. Funny enough, mine is mine is the same price at that uh, that I consider six thousand. It's actually Devin Singletary in Buffalo, just because they, you know, they have this big. Uh, he doesn't usually get a ton of work, but he had seventeen carries two weeks ago. He had fourteen against against Green Bay, and they were they were effective yards. He was fourteen for sixty seven last week, seventeen for eighty five in the week against Kansas City before the bye. I just think Singletary's good, and they have a they if they get a lead, like maybe they feed him in the third. I know they won't maybe not you know feed him in the fourth if they're way ahead, but I like. Uh, it's a tougher matchup against the Jets, but I think Singletary could be pretty involved. It's one of those winks where, like, you know, maybe he happens to get the ball inside the five and score two touchdowns. I think you, you're looking at, you know, maybe 15 to 18 touches uh, against uh, with, with a big uh, with a big pro- positive spread. Could get a good game script. So if I went under 6,000, it's hard to really get there, but my guy would be Singletary. Yeah, I can see that. Cool. Uh, so let's jump into uh, receivers. But first, a note from our sponsors at Monkey Knife Fight. Football is officially back on Monkey Knife Fight with all the NFL action you're looking for. And if college football is more your speed, we've got plenty of that also. On Monkey Knife Fight, there's no sharks, no salary caps, and no math. It's easy to play, easy to win, daily fantasy player props. Join now at monkeyknifefight.com. You get your first game free, then use promo code RWNFL to get your first deposit matched instantly up to $100. So what are you waiting for? Join Monkey Knife Fight today. So, Ryan, as we've gone through here, we talked about a lot of the expensive receivers, but there are a bunch of them. We talked about some weeks, you know, this week there's no expensive tight end. Some weeks there's no expensive uh, running backs. So this week, you know, we have only echoes over 8,000. But we've got uh, we've got Cooper Cups, 8,900. Justin Jefferson, 8,600. Tyreek Hill, 85. Stephon Diggs, 84. Uh, Devontae Adams, 8,100. I'm going to throw DeAndre Hopkins in here just because it works at 7,900. That's uh, that's what six guys between seventy nine hundred and nine thousand to play this week. Uh, we mentioned before, uh, you think Tyreek and DeAndre will be the most popular, but who do you like the most in this group? Um, yeah, it's tough. Uh, yeah, all studs, all all studs, right? All all the studs. Um, probably Tyreek. You know, if I had to pick one, I mean, the numbers are just crazy, and I mentioned that. Uh, you know, I might play some fields. You're going to play some Tua. So, I mean, I'm going to use the expensive receivers as part of my stacks where I can. So, I like Tyreek probably the most. And I guess second most would be DeAndre Hopkins. It's nice that Hopkins is cheaper than these other guys. You can kind of, at least for me, I think Hopkins' ceiling is on par with those other guys. You know, you might say slightly less, but on any given Sunday, he can end up the highest scoring receiver. Um, but I think, you know, I'll stick within my, my stack, basically, if I'm on the Seattle, Arizona game, then it's going to be Hopkins, uh, or else it's going to be Hill. I don't know. Do, do you have a favorite out of all these guys? So it's tough, right? The, the point you made there at the end is like, you gotta, you gotta play with your stack. If I play two of, you know, you gotta play Tyreek. It's just, the targets are insane. 15, 13 and 14 last two weeks. But the guy that I love this week in this range is Justin Jefferson at 8,600. I think he will be uh, nicely under roster this weekend. Like a lot of people have Tyreek, a lot of people have DeAndre Hopkins. Um, I think that Cup and Jefferson kind of slide through. You mentioned earlier there's not a ton of like easy value this week, so it's hard to get to these guys. If you're playing, you're not playing Cousins, it's hard to like get to Jefferson by himself, but has not scored since week one, which is just like at some point we're gonna be like, that's crazy that he had this stretch and he's gonna have a two or three touchdown game. Uh, he has 98 plus yards each of the last four weeks. So it's not like he is, and it's just not scoring. He's not doing a lot, but at 147, 154, 107, 98 the last four weeks. I think get, uh, we're on the verge of a large, large Justin Jefferson week. And I think it's going to be this week. Washington's been four, been poor against wide receiver ones all season long. Uh, I really like Jefferson to score this week, maybe get in the end zone twice. And I think he'll be, uh, he'll be pretty overlooked because I think it's hard to get to him this week by himself. Yep. I, 
think that's a great call. You, you always hit it with these calls. It was similar last week. Yeah, with, I, I got to actually like, play, I got actually I got actually play him when I talk about it though. Yeah, <laughs> you know though, um, I I can't emphasize enough. It's it's reason enough to play these guys that they're going to be less yeah. popular. Uh, like, that's just got, it's it's reason be, enough. What, like half the roster is Hill right next right. to the same price. Yep, definitely. And I mean, obviously, I love Tyreek. The targets are insane, but Justin Jefferson is a freaking monster. So. Right. In the end, we're still playing. Uh, we're playing a game, and a game that yep. involves game theory. And yep. rostering a guy like Jefferson is just a great move. Again, you're not like making a mistake or going for anything crazy. This is Justin Jefferson yep. in a great spot. He can uh, he can nuke this slate. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it this week. Uh, I I loved AJ Brown last week. Ended up uh, not being able to fit him in, which was disappointing. He had three touchdowns. I'm gonna play Jefferson this week, and I'm gonna I'm gonna force this lab to figure out a way to to make it work. Because I think it's gonna be I think it's probably my favorite receiver play with the with the roster ship at the price. I think it's gonna be just tough to get to him. In the and we mentioned Hopkins at 700, but in the low 7,000s, we had a few guys. We have Jalen Waddle. Uh, finally priced up a little bit, up to 7,400 after the two-touchdown week. We have T. Higgins as the wide receiver one in Cincinnati with Jamar Chase being injured. He's 7,300. Mike Evans off the big game last week, six for 123, 7,200. Um, Got to think it's hard for people to play these guys. People are going to be like, go down the 6,000s or go up to Hill and, and Hopkins. Uh, any of these three guys that you really like, you're going to find yourself kind of forcing into a lineup this week. Um, No, but can I say Gabe Davis? Uh, for sure. He's 6,900. So you're sneaking right underneath yeah. that range. Yeah. Go, go for it, Davis. I'll say Gabe Davis just because, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a forgotten range. And I don't I do think too. people are going to play Gabe Davis unless they play Josh Allen. And even those who play Josh Allen won't play Gabe Davis. So if I'm going to use a cheap quarterback like Fields, maybe I'll be able to get uh, a weird one-off like Davis at 5%, you know, and then he catches a couple touchdowns and, and 150 yards. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm considering Davis out of those guys. Uh, what about you? Yeah, that, that low 7K range, I guess. Were you going to roster yeah. any of these guys? It's an interesting range because uh, you can see all of them is pretty much like, well, if I play the quarterback, maybe I'll do it. Like if I play two, I'll play Waddle. If I go with a Burrow stack, I'll play Higgins. If I play Brady, I'll go with Evans. But I don't think any of me rostered much on their own. I think I really like T Higgins this week, 7,300. I don't think anybody's going to be on the Bengals. You mentioned nobody's going to be on Burrow. I think everybody's kind of, you know, watch that Monday night game. It was a standalone game. It's going to be rough, but um, he seems fully priced. But if I had to go one here, I'd probably go Higgins at 7,300. But uh, it's a range that I am, uh, I'm finding myself uh, not really playing a ton. It's kind of hard to get to, but uh, yeah. you mentioned, you so, mentioned, okay, go good. No. Yeah. I just wanted to, I, just quickly expand on it. I'll relate it to last week um, with AJ Brown. So I had a couple lineups that finished uh, really high up there. They actually, they actually could have won the tournament with, with Ellinger at quarterback and he only scored eight points. And this was wow. because those lineups had AJ Brown. And what happens is no one rosters AJ Brown without Jalen hurts. And there was a $4,000 price difference between Jalen Hurts and Ellinger last week. Yep. So, it, it, you know, it like uh, you, when you when you play a cheap quarterback like that, um, I don't know, I guess I, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of – I lost my train of thought. But this week with Fields, for instance, and I mentioned Gabe Davis, well, Josh Allen's $3,200 more. So, right. like, it kind of – you know, you don't have to – to roster these guys with their quarterbacks like the, the the salaries almost prohibit it you think like oh well if brown has a huge game that means 
Jalen Hurts is going to have a huge game and he's for sure going to be on the winner. Well, it just doesn't work like that with the salaries on these guys. So Gabe Davis or even a, even a Stefan Diggs in this case, if you yeah. if you roster Diggs without Allen, like those are things that people don't do in tournaments. So it's just an, another thing that I'm looking for. And I think the key point on that is like, yeah, you mentioned that you know you might have, you you think Hurts would be on the winning team, but like that guy's playing AJ Brown, but so are you. But not only that, you're then turning say Romeo Dubs into Justin Jefferson. Like you are right. You're taking that. You're you, so you're the guy might have Hertz and AJ Brown and that's great, but you have AJ Brown also, but then you're also having another spot where you can, you can really upgrade. You go, right. I, I, you I'm to, so glad you, yeah, you went down to Ellinger and not only got you AJ Brown with Hertz, it got you AJ Brown and then it gets you someone else. So like the other guy has and to Derek go off. Henry. Yeah, exactly. Derek Henry right. was a, a prime example. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. 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 That's what I wanted to, th- you know, you hit, you hit it on the head. It got me AJ Brown and it got me Derek Henry. Whereas, right. you know, you can't have Jalen hurts, AJ Brown and Derek Henry, you right. know, also on that same lineup, I also had Kamara at 7,100 and Pollard at 6,300. So those three running backs just absolutely smashed AJ Brown smashed. It didn't matter that Ellinger scored eight points. Um, I had a couple other guys buster actually could have won the tournament with eight points from quarterback, which is, which is just cr- crazy. That as well. Wild that uh, Ellinger, Lawrence, and Justin Fields are all pretty much the same price this week now too. It's uh, yeah, the the playing Sam Ellinger for the cheap price went away pretty fast when you when you move <laughs> yeah, up to, yeah. move up to five thousand. You've got some some interesting guys that are right there. It's, uh, it's kind of not uh, not as sexy pretty quickly, but uh, mid range six thousands. There are some receivers in here I really like. Um, I'm gonna go first on this one. I love Chris Godwin this week. Mentioned earlier, sixty two hundred. Uh, he had 11 targets last week. Um, you know, Godwin, uh, Godwin, uh, he just got a lot of targets, double-digit targets the last three weeks. But um, slot receivers, uh, really good against the Rams. Uh, he has not scored yet. Again, I kind of the same name. I love guys who haven't scored. We talked about last week with uh, with Alvin Kamara, hadn't scored. We're like, it's happening. He had three touchdowns last week. So it's just, uh, I think Godwin gets to the end of this week, like him at 6,200. If I'm going to play a Bengals receiver, I think it's actually going to be Tyler Boyd for $1,000 less than Higgins. Uh, he used uh, five targets last week, three for 38 and a touchdown. Uh, Carolina, another team has struggled against slot receivers too. So I really like the matchup here for Boyd. Um, I just think $1,000 cheaper than Higgins I'm going to get there. And, all, and also I'm taking them all, but I like Amon Ross St. Brown also, 6,200. Uh, I always like St. Brown. His price dropped. He was, I think mean, he was 7,100 last week. 10 more targets. That was the first week that he looked healthy in a while. He had a, you know, he'd kind of been in and out of games. He had the concussion thing where he didn't have it, but he had some, had some signs of it. He had the ankle injury, but whenever he's been healthy, he's had a lot of targets. I think he's played four games fully, 43 targets in those games. Uh, nothing deep, but uh, again, another spot where Green Bay is weaker against slot receivers. So kind of a, a slot receiver theme in this, in this range, but St. Brown, Boyd and Godwin. Um, I'm going to be mixing and matching them on a bunch of teams. I really like all three of them. Godwin being my favorite. Yep, I like all those guys. Uh, Godwin's also my favorite. I'll throw one more guy in. I like yeah. DK Metcalf as well. Um, I think uh, it's a better matchup for DK Metcalf than it is for Tyler Lockett. You know, Lockett's fine too. They're both uh, decent price tags. But yeah, it, I agree with everything you said. And then I also, I also like some Metcalf. Yeah, so Metcalf sixty four hundred, Lockett sixty one hundred. Lockett had a, a wild week last week. He had like the he had the the fumble on the punt that cost him. Then he drops a touchdown, like right in his hands. Then he catches a thirty yard touchdown. Later. Like it was such an up and down wild game for Lockett. Could have been huge. Could have been quiet. He kind of ended up in between with uh, sixty three yards and a touchdown. A uh, lot of targets there, but yeah, Metcalf, you know, maybe another week past the injury. I, I was shocked he played last week. The dude is a dude is a badass. There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. We thought he'd be 
out. People were like, "Where he's gonna be out for you know four to six weeks? He plays the next week." Uh, kind of the opposite of uh, Michael Thomas in New Orleans, who uh, can't get on the field with his toe injury. But uh, yeah, Metcalf is a stud. Uh, I like that too. Any love? Uh, you're the Packers guy. Alan Lazard supposed to be back this week. He's six thousand. Rodgers has to throw somebody. Uh, when he plays, targets the last four weeks have been eight, eight, nine, and seven. Um, he's just not overly exciting ceiling wise, but he does seem to score a lot when he plays. Yeah, I just can't. I just can't. Um, not over these other guys. Yeah, like, I that, get that's it, where I it's felt more, too. I just, I'm not excited about these Packers. I don't know. I don't see Rodgers. I know it's the Lions. I just, I don't see Rodgers. Hold on, just, I'm just checking his game log quick. Up oh, on the season, the most amount of yards he's thrown for is 255. Uh, oh. I'm not saying. I mean, that's crazy is with Aaron Rodgers. Is that right? amazing? We're in week nine, and ha- Rodgers has thrown for over 260 nine. yards. Right, wow. and the Packers have been trailing in most of those games. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just crazy. So, I mean, I, no, I just can't do it. I just can't do it. In the 5,000s, you mentioned uh, DJ Moore earlier. We are talking about uh, the, the player props. Uh, another big week last week with the late touchdown. Six for 152 and a touchdown, 11 targets. They've been feeding him the last couple weeks. The Cincy uh, secondary is pretty banged up. Uh, so, we talked about him already. Uh, who else do you like in the in the five thousand here this week? Obviously, we talked about Josh Palmer at fifty one hundred, but who else do you like? Uh, there's a, there's a lot of choices in here. Yeah, um, I don't mind Christian Kirk. You know, you, you mentioned it when you spoke about the over uh, before, but other than that, um, you know, if we get this Josh Palmer value, and you know, we mentioned those guys in the low six K range. I'm not going to mess with these other guys. Like you can't play everyone. So I'm fine with just playing Palmer. I'm fine with playing some of those low six K guys we mentioned. Um, I don't know, unless you can sell me on somebody in this range. Um, I just love Christian Kirk in here. It's my favorite, uh, favorite play in this range by a pretty good amount at 5,500. He feels really cheap this week. Uh, he had seven targets last week. I know he's only three for 40, but the Raiders are a mess against slot receivers. They are, they've given up five touchdown slot receivers on the season, 10.4 yards per target. They are way down the, the stat list on those. Uh, Kirk has 17 targets the last couple weeks. I think they're going to love not playing the Denver D this week. I just, I think Kirk feels like he should be 62, 6,300 or 5,500. Um, I really like the play this week. He's going to be uh, – it'll be, a, it'll be a, a pillar for me in a lot of lineups there. I think DJ Moore makes sense too with the way they're feeding him. Still under 6,000. Uh, you mentioned Palmer. Uh, Rondale Moore is actually in here too. He's 5,200. If you wanted to, um, you know, play some uh, – play some someone that uh, was really good last week. He was uh, 7 for 92 and 8 targets. He had his first touchdown. They played him a lot, which I think is the key. A.J. Green played more last week, but they moved uh, – they moved Ma- Rondale Moore kind of moved him around, played some outside, some slot. He was heavily involved. Um, seems like they finally used more the way he should be used for the first time last week. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think if you're – if you're playing that game, either Kyler or the Geno Smith side, yeah, you should definitely be thinking about Rondale Moore because everyone's going to play Hopkins. And now that Moore, uh, he's a little bit more expensive. But you know, this is the time to play more. Uh, yeah, you mentioned coming off his best game of the season and not going to be popular. Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I just like the way they used him. It finally seems like, the, you know, mm-hmm. they, they, the four that was like, oh, he's like, he had kind of these like trick plays or, you know, plays that like behind the, behind the line of scrimmage. But it seems like they used him pretty well last week. Uh, Terry McLaurin's in this range also against the against the Vikings. He's 5,900, had a, had his best game last week. Uh, six for 113 with uh, with Taylor Heineke as his quarterback. So he had a couple of big plays. He had uh, a 42-yard catch and a 33-yard catch. Uh, He's been better against uh, man coverage, though, and the Vikings do play a lot of uh, a lot of zone, I believe. Um, so maybe maybe not the the best setup there, but um, 
It's uh, it, McLaurin's always kind of boomer bust. He's always, uh, you know, if he hits the big play, it's great. But at 5,900, I think his, his price is, is workable too. But uh, I'm going, I'm going Kirk in this range. 5,500 is my, is my favorite. Yeah, I like that. I think I'm with you. What about, uh, what about cheap options uh, under 5,000? Uh, what are you thinking in terms of, uh, you know, maybe saving yourself some salary this week at wide receiver? Yeah, this range is interesting. Um, so we mentioned Mooney. I, I kind of like Mooney for forty seven hundred. Uh, if you're if you're going to have any part of the Bills, you might want to run it back with Garrett Wilson. Uh, yeah, it looked looked good it, finally again last week. Yeah, it looked good finally again last week. We know he's got the talent, so I wouldn't mind that. Um, this sort of sound like a broken record with me and the Chargers, but if Keenan Allen's out, I think DeAndre Carter is interesting at forty three hundred. Uh, you should see targets and has some upside. And then a little bit, a little bit, here's a little one, one that might be a little crazier. Um, if you want to take a chance, um, hesitance to even, to even bring it up, but I don't mind 4k Khalif Raymond. Um, if you're going to play Aaron Jones, so I was considering Aaron Jones and, you know, I want a piece of that game, that game against that Green Bay Detroit game is one of right. the better games. You know, they don't have Hawkinson anymore. Everyone's going to be on Amon Ra. I understand. Uh, Khalif Raymond's only 4K. He's got 75 receiving yards in back-to-back games. He's the type of guy that has like a 50-yard touchdown in him. Yeah. Um, so I don't mind that in larger field tournaments. I was looking for something maybe a little more off the board. Um, and then, sorry, I guess I'll go one cheaper. I'll mention Terrence Marshall as well. Uh, best game of the season last week, nine targets, 87 yards. Uh, I don't know. A guy that has upside, I think. Well, you want the good news or the bad news? Uh, the good news. The good news is we're on the same page. The bad news is I have nobody else to talk about because I had three guys highlighted. <laughs> I had three guys highlighted down here. You just talked about all three of them. Um, Who were they? Uh, Wilson, DeAndre Carter, and Terrace Marshall. Um, Terrace Marshall is the most interesting one. He's 3,900. They are in a setup where they are going to be – should be trailing Cincinnati. They're underdogs in this game. He had nine targets last week. And most importantly, he played 74 snaps. If you're looking for someone cheap, I want someone that's on the field all the time. He's played 95% of their dropbacks the last two weeks. So, like, he's heavily involved. This is a guy that people loved coming out of the draft last year. Like, people, people, wanted, people were drafting him last year. Um, they're feeding DJ Moore. Terrace Marshall's involved. You can see this offense is different without McCaffrey. Um, they just had, they have to find different guys. It's a really good game script. He's really cheap. I mean, he's got, uh, he has no floor. Like he could, he could go out there and, and throw up a zero, but I just love the fact that he's playing 95% of the dropbacks. Like that's huge. To me. Yep. I want to, if I get some of the cheap, I just want to look up and put and watching the game on TV. I want them to be on the field. I want them to have a chance to make a play. I want them to have uh, you know, a, a ball they catch for 10 yards and break. Like they can't do that. If they're only playing half the snap. So I love that he's on the field that much. Um, I think Carter will get some roster chip if, if, if Keenan doesn't play. He's 4,300. He had seven targets last week. <clears throat> had some success in weeks one and two. He was someone that got picked up in season-long leagues. Uh, he's just a nice, cheap part of this offense. We're going to be looking for you know, looking for some value here and getting a piece of the uh, the Chargers offense against Atlanta, who's not a good defense. Uh, for 4,300, I think works well. But uh, I think Marshall's kind of my favorite play down here. 3,900 and someone that's on the field that much. I think, um, And obviously with some talent, nine targets last week, I think that's, that's the spot I'm going to go with. Yeah, I think me too. If I had to pick a favor to be Marshall, 3,900 is just too cheap for a team that doesn't really have anybody else. And you mentioned on the field for 95% of snaps. Um, One of those nine targets last week was, was, would have been a touchdown if he got, got the other foot down. So I saw, I saw 
he had a couple uh, red zone targets. So yeah, for 3,900, Marshall's my favorite as well. Yeah. Uh, what about uh, what about tight end? You mentioned this week there are no tight ends on the slate. We've got uh, we have no Mark Anders on this slate. We have no George Kittle. We have no Travis Kelsey. Uh, Zach Ertz is fifty one hundred most expensive. You mentioned Hawkinson. A new spot is five thousand. Uh, what the heck are you doing at, uh, at tight end this week? I've got uh, I've got three guys bolded here. So if you name 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 all three again, I'm going to have to quit. Uh, I'm not going to name all three. I'll just I'll, <laughs> I'll I'll take sort of the top range. Um, I guess my two favorite tight ends are in the same game. I mentioned Kyle Pitts. I'd probably say is my favorite. Uh, the okay. other one would be Gerald Everett. You know, back to the Chargers and Keenan Allen being out. That's that that's where I'm looking. Um, if Keenan Allen's out and Mike Williams is out, you know, Gerald Everett had nine targets last week, seven the week before. He's caught five balls in three of his last four. Um, so yeah, I think Everett and Pitts would be my favorite in that range. I don't know. What about a little lower? You like anybody? Uh, first of all, I do like Everett 4,800. I think that, uh, if, if Allen doesn't play, I mean, he kind of just makes a ton of sense if you want to get some of this game, but, uh, two guys cheaper that I like, uh, I really like, uh, I hate to say it. It's been, uh, someone that we've, uh, has burned us for many years, but I really like Evan Ingram this week at 3,300. Yeah. He's just too cheap for how many targets he's getting the last four weeks. You look at tight end. You usually don't get a ton of targets. He's 10, six, seven, and six. His worst game in the last four weeks is five for 40. So that's still nine points in full point PPR. Like that's not going to kill you at tight end. He was 455 in a touchdown last week. Yeah, it was a little touchdown dependent, obviously. If he doesn't score, you're not getting a huge game. But I think he's really actively involved right now. 3,300 is just a really low price for a tight end that's getting that much involvement. And then if you want to punt, uh, you can go down to 2,500 with Brock Wright in in Detroit. Uh, TJ Hawkinson was traded. Um Two weeks ago, Brock Wright was 457. Uh, in, uh, and then in week 17 last year, when Hawkins didn't play, he was 251. It's just one of those things a cheap, cheap, cheap punt piece of a game that's the, one of the higher totals. Um, you know, they, they should be trailing. They're going to have to throw. Uh, you know, they're an underdog. They're high total, good game script. I just think it all kind of works to get a really cheap piece. And, you know, he probably needs to score a touchdown to work. But 457 a couple weeks ago, he's 2,500. And they, uh, you know, I think Goff will. Uh, you know, need someone to throw to without Hawkinson there. Obviously, got Amon Ra, he's got Khalif Raymond, uh, Josh Reynolds, whoever it may be. But give me Brock Wright at 2,500 as a play that I think you can slide in and maybe get, uh, you know, seven, eight, nine points out of. Okay, well, we're on the same page again. Um, <laughs> first, I, I, so yeah, I've Evan, I've Evan Ingram in my cash game lineup at the moment. I think that's probably where you want to look uh, the cheapest, at least as of now. Um, if Darren Waller is out again, Foster Moreau will be, it's hard to say chalk, but in cash games, he'd be the most popular if, if Darren Waller was out again. So, yeah. so just keep an eye on that. And then I say we're on the same page because I was going to mention a 2,500 guy as well, um, who also happens to play for the Lions. Yeah, you're going to go with James the other one, huh? Mitchell. I'm yep. going to go with James Mitchell, this uh, fifth round pick. And really, you know, Brock Wright, I would say, is the safer, smarter player, whatever you want to call it. Really, I'm mentioning Mitchell because I click on him and I see this note. Fifth round rookie was a big play threat back in college, averaged more than 17 yards per catch. So, I mean, you know, they don't they don't have anybody and it, it only takes one. And I, sorry, I say they don't have anybody. They don't have Hawkinson anymore. Right. Um, so, you know, all it takes is one, like you mentioned, uh, 2,500. I don't know. Could do worse. Damn, Mitchell, you're right. Mitchell at Virginia Tech, 17.2 and 16.7 yards per catch over his first two college seasons. Then he got hurt. He had a knee injury after that. Uh, wow. He played, he had five, uh, he had five rushing touchdowns at Virginia Tech also. He played, apparently he played a uh, quarterback in high school. Yeah, you know, I just Googled his name and it's, yeah. you know, there's articles about 
it's James Mitchell's time to step up, you know, like all, all this sort of stuff. So, you know, why not? One of them's probably going to work out pretty well at 1,200. Uh, good luck figuring out which one. I probably Again, go. Uh, the guy you mentioned is the safer play. Yeah. I mean, I should, yeah. Gotcha. Um, yeah, it's interesting. We got we have a lot of choices there that are also, which is good. Uh, defense. We got to play one. I always say that. Um, what are you doing at uh, at defense this week? If you've uh, either, uh, you know, we want to spend some money, or save some money, where you find yourself uh, kind of uh, moving towards on defense this week? Um, man, I don't have much this week. I, I don't have much. So I think for cash games, people are going to go all the way down to the Panthers. Yeah. Um, just against the Bengals. Yeah. You know, people like to play these min price defenses and we we've, we've seen that uh, targeting Joe Burrow and the Bengals is okay. So I think, yeah, Carolina, if you're going to pay all the way down, I guess in the mid range, I don't mind Tampa at home against the Rams, but I don't know, like maybe you can give me something better. Uh, I had three and you named two of them. So we definitely are on the same page here. I mean, I don't know if I'll get all the way down to Carolina, but the, the Bengals have allowed three plus sacks in four straight games. Like that offensive line is still struggling. Uh, Tampa makes sense. It's always weird to go against the Rams, but their offensive line is kind of a mess. It's a little bit better than it was, a little more healthy, but uh, I think that works. My favorite play is 2,700 actually with Indianapolis. Uh, the Jets sacked uh, New England six times last week. I like targeting the New England defense. Mac Jones had a terrible pick six. They got called back. Otherwise, the Jets D would have been really good. Uh, the Colts have multiple sacks in five straight games. We mentioned earlier that, uh, that Shaq Leonard is back. Um, I really like the Indy defense this week against New England. I know they're underdogs. We never liked that with the defense. At 2,700, I think they get after the after the quarterback. I think Mac can make some, can, can definitely make some mistakes. So uh, Indy's probably my favorite, D. If you could pay up uh, Buffalo against Zach Wilson at 4,200, probably uh, probably works really well. I don't think I'll be able to get that high. Um, so give me uh, give me Indy at 2,700 and then Tampa behind that. Yep, I can I can definitely get on board with uh, Indy against Mac Jones. I think I'm at 27. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna throw them in the lineups and kind of call it a day. I think that uh, they're enough of my favorite play, and then maybe I'll play a little bit of Tampa. But I think get uh, I think I'm probably just gonna end up with Indy on on most of my teams. I like that. Anybody else you want to talk about? Only ten games on the slate, but a really interesting and, and fun slate, just based on the fact of how games are kind of uh, you know it's so spread out and not not uh, not a couple games that everybody's gonna play, which we have we've had the last few weeks. So anything other any other thoughts on the uh, on the week nine slate here? Yeah, no, I don't think so. I think we covered it. You, you know, just as you mentioned, really interesting slate here, different than the ones we've had. One uh, lends itself to taking some chances uh, more so than than these other ones in the past that have all this chalk that you can't fade. So, so that's what I say, and that's what I'm going to be telling myself. Try to try to take a few more chances. I like it. Uh, some of the chat mentioned, uh, you know, Drake London is really cheap. We didn't talk about him. We did talk about Kyle Pitts. I just don't. Mm-hmm. I don't love this Atlanta passing game. They're just so willing to run the ball. Um, London has 10 targets total last week. I love him as a player. Um, I just think with the, with the low targets right now, uh, he's been under 40 yards four weeks in a row. I think I need to, I think I need him to, uh, to show something before I get back to playing, played him earlier in the year. He did pretty well, but at 40, 40 plus yards in five straight weeks. I think it's just, that's enough for me to stay off for right now. Yeah, I think I agree. Uh, thanks everybody for uh, weighing in. We do like when uh, when people have questions in the chat. Uh, it's it, we really appreciate that. Appreciate everybody listening from the audio version. Also, uh, we want to thank No House Advantage for their sponsorship of the podcast. We really appreciate that. If you want to follow Ryan on Twitter? He's at Ryan uh, Belongi. Last name is B E L O N G I A. I am at Scott Jenstead. Jenstead is J E N 
S-T-A-D. We can talk uh, other football there. Obviously, as injury news comes out, uh, morph some lineups. We mentioned a lot of like, you know, if this guy sits, play this guy kind of stuff. And that'll uh, that'll uh, that'll clarify itself over these next couple of days. But we want to thank everybody for listening to the Week 9 podcast. Back at you next Friday morning with Week 10. Hope everybody has a good week. Take care and good luck. Good luck, everybody. Thanks, Scott.